Now listen, in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, one of these days I would like to just do a, a study that takes us through um, some of the more obscure places of Scripture. And uh, this morning I would like to take you through what is in the New Testament somewhat of an obscure place. It is the book of Philemon, if you pronounce that the way that I do. Turn with me to that letter. If you, if you go to the book of Titus and turn right, it'll be right there. It is the shortest letter in the New Testament. And it may have some of the most powerful implications for the day that we live in as believers. Um, I was pursuing the heart of God about what he would say to us today and and I, I'm learning that I really like to be in a series so that I know where we're going. And, and this, uh, we're, we're in an, a season right now where I'm not in a series and where the Holy Spirit is having to speak to me from week to week about where we are to go. And so I have three outlines for today. <laughs> but this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. I'd, I'd read through uh, this letter uh, some time back, and it's been um, stirring in my spirit. So I want to read uh, to you from this letter. Let's, uh, let's read a, a few verses, and then we'll go back, and we'll, uh, we'll just talk about it together, all right? Uh, first of all, uh, Paul is writing this letter, and he's writing to this gentleman named Philemon, and he's talking to him about uh, a man named Onesimus. And so let me, let's pick up in verse 4 and read, I thank, God, I thank my God making... I'm in the wrong place. No, I'm not. I thank my God making mention of you in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus. And toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, my brother. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to commend you, to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you being such as one is Paul, the aged and now also a prisoner of Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I'm sending him back. You, therefore, receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be compelled, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, 
but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Now let's just talk about this for a minute. This is a letter from the Apostle Paul, and it is to Philemon, and he's talking to Philemon about this gentleman, Onesimus, who has run away as a runaway slave. And when I read this letter, my, my American sensibilities get in a knot. Because, remember I told you that when we study the scripture together, that we have to accept what the scripture says or doesn't say, whether we like it or not. If God is speaking, we're going to receive what God is saying, whether, whether we really like it or not. And whenever we're talking about the, book, the, the letter of Philemon, uh, the, the Apostle Paul wrote to this man, I don't need this thing, I don't like it anymore for some reason. When we're talking about this letter, there's something that isn't said here that really bugs me. It's like an elephant in the room for, for, for the American way of thinking. Because the Apostle Paul has an opportunity when he's addressing this man Philemon to address the issue of slavery, and he doesn't. And so for all of us in the United States with our history and all, all that is behind us, we think, isn't this the perfect opportunity to say something about this? Should people really own people after all? Do you understand? And yet we see in Scripture that the Bible, not only does, does the Apostle Paul not address it here, but in other places where he just simply says, masters, be nice to your slaves and slaves. Obey your masters as, as, as if you were obeying the Lord. That's what Scripture says in a nutshell. And I want, to say, I want to look at a situation like this and I want to say, isn't there a bigger picture here? Why isn't he addressing the bigger picture? Why, why isn't he addressing the unfairness of this whole scenario in the hearts of these men? But he doesn't. And I thought, Holy Spirit, isn't there a bigger issue here than... Philemon and Onesimus and their relationship and, and all. It, isn't there a larger picture here? But when I get into this and begin to look at this, I realize that the Holy Spirit knew exactly what he was doing. And he was, in fact, addressing the larger picture. Because the larger picture was not the fact that Onesimus was the slave of Philemon. We don't know how he became a slave. In, in those days, most people who became indentured or enslaved to others became so out of debt. And I kind of suspect, as I read through this letter, that Onesimus' family had some debt to Philemon, and it became the assignment of Onesimus to work off that debt. I kind of glean that from some of the innuendo in the letter, some of the things that are said. But the reality of it is it really doesn't matter how he became that way. We can clearly see that in the mind of Onesimus, he was like, uh, I'm not cut out for this. And this isn't what I was born to be at all. 
And so Philemon, I'm out of here. The wonderful thing is that in this process, somehow God brings Onesimus and the Apostle Paul across each other's path. And this slave, Onesimus, meets Jesus. And he is discipled under the Apostle Paul, and he begins to serve the Apostle Paul in his chains. He's in He's in, uh, imprisoned, uh, probably house arrest at this point, and Onesimus begins to serve him. And, and Onesimus, it's interesting to me, he wouldn't serve Philemon, but he would serve Paul. Over here he was forced to, and over here he was willing. But nevertheless, we see this whole scenario unfolding in front of us, and there's a great many things that we can draw out of it. First of all, I believe the reason the Holy Spirit didn't address the issue of slavery is because the Holy Spirit was addressing the issue of the hearts of two men. And the larger issue to the Spirit of the Lord is always the heart of the man. The larger issue to the Holy Spirit is your heart, my heart. You see, God, man looks on the outward appearance and we look, at the, we look at the situation and we say, how unjust, how unfortunate. And the Holy Spirit comes right to the point of the heart. If I can deal with Philemon and if I can deal with Onesimus, I'll change this issue, these issues that seem so unjust. So the Apostle Paul writes to Philemon and he said, I thank God for you. Listen to what he says. He says, he says I thank God for you, making mention of you always in my prayers. Hearing, he's talking to a man who's had a slave run away and he says, I thank God making mention of you of my prayers hearing of your love and your faith. He didn't correct him. He didn't jump on his case. He didn't even bring up the point. He just says, I've heard of your love. I've heard of your faith. I've heard of your relationship with the Lord Jesus and the relationship that you have toward all the saints. He says to Philemon, he says, I, I have discovered that you are a good man. Well, that just kind of blows us all away, doesn't it? He says, I've heard that you are a good man, that you're a man of faith, that you're a man of prayer, that you're a man given to the blessing of the saints of God. I, I, I see faith in you. I see strength in you. I see the work of the Spirit of God in you. That's what he was saying. The sharing of your faith, that he said, I'm praying that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you. I want to help you with something. We can look in the lives of one another and we can 
pick apart every imperfection and everything that we look at each other and we see that may be wrong with the other person or the other individual. But the Apostle Paul says here, I'm not, I'm, I'm not picking apart the, the, uh, the fact that you're a human being and the fact that you have some things going on that are imperfect or the fact that you have some things going on in your life that, that, that uh, you, you maybe would not be proud of, certainly in our culture. But, but he says, I'm going to point to the things that I see God doing in you. And I'm going to highlight the work of the Lord in you. I'm going to, let, me, let me just point out to you that I see God working in you and that I see God doing great things in you and that I see God developing uh, the character of himself and his life in you. So we see him, he starts right off buttering him up. You're a good man and I see the work of the Lord in you and I pray that it, that it, that it, that it is given to greater effectiveness in you. Now I could, I, I could rip you up. I could pick you apart. I could take every imperfection that I see in you and I could point it out to you and I could bring a word of correction right now. But better that I point to the work of the Spirit of God in you and that I, that I point and, and draw your attention to that which I see God doing that is, uh, that is life-giving in you. And better that I pray that it would be, come to, to times and seasons of greater effectiveness. And then he begins to make his plea Pronesimus. He says, let me be bold. Here's this guy that clearly owes you. Here's this guy that broke the law, and that, you know, he's not getting into all that. He just here's this guy that that left mad at you and ran away from you. And let me just tell you that I believe that God sent him to me. How many times can the unfortunate circle, would, would, we, would we conclude if we really stopped and prayed and listened that the unfortunate circumstances of our life were really the Holy Spirit developing a, a, a greater fortunate circumstance for us? If we would just let it unfold and if we would just not press against the changes that God brings into our life and not press against the unfortunate things that happen, but that we would say, okay, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but, but if, if you would work in me, I'll just, I'll just let you get that work done in me. The Apostle Paul says, therefore, that, I, that, that let me be very bold in Christ to commend to you what is fitting. He said, Yet for love's sake, I would rather appeal to you as an old man, that's what he said, the aged prisoner of Christ, in behalf of Onesimus. He says, he says in this passage, he says, I could command you. I could take my authority as an apostle and as a leader in the church and I could say, Philemon, this is what you need to do. But instead of taking that place of authority and saying, this is what you need to do, let me just appeal to you. Do you know what he was doing? I, want, I, I just want you to see this picture. Rather than commanding Philemon, this is what you must do, 
the Apostle Paul had a sense of the work of the Spirit in the life of this man. And he said, let me, entrusting what the Holy Spirit is working out in you, let me just appeal to the godly character that is in you. And he says to him, this, this is, blows me away as you read this letter, he says, would you receive him as if it were me coming to see you? Now listen, I think in the mind of Onesimus as he took this letter, he thought the minute that I show up at Philemon's door, he could have me arrested. I mean, understand in the culture that they were living in, Onesimus was right now an outlaw. But he had come to Jesus. And the Apostle Paul says, would you put all this behind you and receive this man as a brother? Would you receive him back into your life just as if I came walking up the road and as you would receive me? This great picture of forgiveness and redemption is just thrown out for us right here in the life of this man Onesimus. He probably was a little bit fearful of what Philemon might do. He probably wasn't sure if he would end up in chains or in the guest room. But the Apostle Paul said, let me appeal to the Spirit of God that is in you. Let me appeal to the godly character that is in you. Let me appeal to what I trust is the work of the Holy Spirit in the, in the life of this man. Oh, that we would respond to one another in this fashion. Let me appeal to what I believe is the work of the Spirit in you, that His godly character is developed in you, that you are able to make decisions and that you are able to move forward in life with the character of God by the work of the Spirit. So he says in verse 10, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. You know what he's, say, what he's saying there? He's saying, listen to me. This is my spiritual son, Onesimus. I have brought him to the Lord. I have led him to Jesus. I have discipled him. And now I'm sending him back to you. He was once unprofitable. He didn't like hanging out with you. He didn't like working for you. He didn't like anything about it. Now let me draw another picture for you. At some point... In the process of discipleship, Paul and Onesimus are sitting across the table from one another and Onesimus is serving Paul and Paul and Onesimus begin to have conversations about Onesimus going back and facing his life. In the life of every believer, in the life of every follower of Christ, at some point, there's going to be a discussion between you and the Holy Spirit about you going back and facing your life. And that's what has happened in the life of Onesimus. Here he's spending time with Paul and he's serving Paul. He's probably having the time of his life. He's probably thinking, this is way better than anything I've ever done before. I, my, my old life is gone and the new life has come. And all of a sudden Paul says, Onesimus, you need to go home and you need to make it right with the people that are behind you. You can't move forward from this point in your life until you make right the things that are behind you. Every one of us, as the Holy Spirit moves through our life and as He works in us, He takes the time 
He takes that moment in time and he says, let me heal up what is broken from behind you so that as you move forward, you don't have to move forward carrying those chains and carrying that brokenness and wondering. At it. The whole time that Onesimus is with Paul, he's constantly wondering, at any time, is someone going to come knocking at the door? At, at any time, is the magistrate going to come or the, the cop's going to come? They're going to, oh, oh, I'm going to open the door and they're going to say, you're under arrest because you have a debt that you didn't pay and you have some things behind you that you didn't clean up. How many understand that the Holy Spirit loves you too much? When you come to God, He accepts you as you are, but He loves you too much to leave you that way. He loves me as I am. He receives me as I am. But His love for me is so great that He's not willing to leave me there. So the Apostle Paul says to Onesimus, he says, I'll plead your cause, but you have to go back and face the music. Whatever Philemon decides, you have to have your head in the game. You have to be ready to accept and understand that when you go back, whatever he decides, that's got to be fine with you. However he responds. If he takes the letter and throws it aside and says, nope, you're in trouble and you're going to pay the price, then you have to be ready and willing to pay the price. If he takes that letter and he says, all right, I receive you as a brother, all's forgiven, all's behind us, uh, let, let's put this behind us and move forward from here as brothers, then, then yea, God, we're going to do that. But you have to be ready by the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit with the, with the wisdom that comes from God to go back and face this so that you can move forward from here without looking over your shoulder and wondering when it's all going to come crashing down around you. The other thing that is this great picture in this passage of Scripture, as the Apostle Paul is writing to Philemon in Onesimus' behalf, I don't want you to miss the picture of the great intercessor. I don't want you to miss that what Paul is actually doing as he approaches Philemon is that he's taking the same place that Jesus takes with us when we stand before God. He says, listen, Philemon, I want to talk to you about this man. Paul was asking Philemon to accept Onesimus back as being a Christian brother in Christ instead of being a runaway slave. The appeals of, inter of his intercession were, I could command you to do this, but I would rather you do it because you want to. And Paul uses the greatest appeal that, that is possible from Scripture. He says, for love's sake. What? For love's sake. And he starts talking about the brotherhood that we've all come to under Christ. He says, Philemon, I love you. I've heard of what the good work that God's doing in you, and I love you, and I know that you love me and that you would receive me if I come into your house. And, and, and I think he says in the letter, as you get down there, hopefully I'm going to, I'm planning to come and see you. But in the meantime, I'm sending this brother to you. He is a brother. So for love's sake, would you put everything behind you and would you love one another? So he says, I could have commanded it, but I appeal to you 
for love's sake. He said, you can love me because I'm an old man in the faith. That's what Paul said. But he said, you can love Onesimus because now he's your brother. You can love him because he's no longer your slave. He's your brother. Everything changes in Christ. Everything, uh, everything changes. So the, the motivation that, that Paul begins to express in verse 11 through 14, we haven't read that Onesimus is brought in and, and Paul says, he can be a service to you now. He can, he can really be a blessing to you now. He couldn't be before. He didn't know Jesus and, and you guys had an antagonistic relationship and, and he didn't even want to be in your house, but now he can, I'm sending him because he can be a blessing to you. He's your brother. He can be received with love. He's ministered to me, and I'm sending him now to minister to you. So I charge you to receive him as a brother, and I plead with you to receive him just as you would receive me. I'm reminded of the verse in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 where it says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Paul had the appeal of the cross behind him. He had the appeal of the work of Christ behind him, and he said, Onesimus has come to Jesus, and now I'm sending him back to you. Would you receive him? And we have this great picture as Paul intercedes for the life of his brother. I want to just challenge you this morning. I want to read a couple of other verses from there. When, when um, verse 17, if then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would receive me. Listen to this. Listen to this intercession. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, if out of his hasty decision to leave, he left a debt unpaid or created a debt, if he took anything from you in fleeing you that caused him to owe you anything, Paul says, charge it to me. Do you see Jesus in there anywhere? When he went to the cross and he said, Oh, Father, if they, if they have any debt, if there's any sin, if there's any disobedience, if there's anything that separates them from you, Oh, Lord, here on the cross, charge it to me. Charge it to me. You see the godly character that over the years at that point had been developed in the life of the Apostle Paul where he could bring himself to even say that without knowing what cost may be there, what the tally might be. It didn't matter. Charge it to me. Paul says, I'm writing with my own hand. I'll repay. Not to mention to you, I love the Apostle Paul, because he says, not to mention to you that you do owe me. <laughs> I have made an investment in you that has reaped great benefit over the years, and, 
And you don't forget that you do owe me. But nevertheless, if there's anything that is bugging you about this, listen to this. If there's anything that's bugging you about this, I'll take care of it. That's what he said. I believe in this guy, and if there's anything about this whole transaction right here, that, that after this is all said and done, if there's something that's bothering you, charge it to me and I'll take care of it. Sounds like Jesus to me. Yes, brother, verse 20, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord, having confidence in your obedience. I want to know something. In the body of Christ, if, if in the body of Christ around the world, we all begin to interact with one another based on this idea of having confidence in one another's obedience. Can you imagine that? Yeah, no, seriously, huh? If we could come to the place that we could dwell together in, in a way that we are able to communicate this idea one to another, that we would have confidence in one another's obedience. I have, well, I guess the question is this. Do you have confidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the person sitting down the row from you right now? Do you have confidence in the work of the Holy Spirit in your own life? to be able to come to the place that we interact with one another, having confidence that the, that the Spirit of God is going to work out godly character, godly wisdom, godly strength, and give that individual the ability to do what is right, both in the sight of God and in relationship to one another. The Apostle Paul says, I have confidence, Philemon, in your obedience. I write to you knowing not only will you do what I ask, but you'll do even more than I ask. And then he tells him, I am coming. Meanwhile, prepare a guest room because I'm, I'm going to be there. I want to challenge you that In the life of Onesimus, when he came to Jesus and when Paul began to disciple him, everything changed. And while he came to this point in his life where he had to go back and he had to face the ghosts from his past, so to speak, the skeletons in his closet and the things behind him that he wanted to forget about, that God graces you with the ability for you to go back and to face those things that you want to forget about. And that the great intercessor, like the Apostle Paul, interceding to Philemon in behalf of Onesimus, there's a great intercessor that is speaking your name before the Father as you navigate this walk with him so that the character of God can be built up in your life. And that God has brought you in relationship with other believers that as we have confidence in one another's obedience that we will be strength to one another and encouragement to one another to cause us to be able to walk successfully in this walk. Uh, this great passage of scripture from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Listen. 
just like in this little scenario here, and we're barely scratching the surface. I think you could stay in this letter for weeks on end. But the reality of it is that God has, become a good, uh, has begun a good work in you. And he's brought you in relationship to one another. And, and he's brought the people across the path of your life, brought you in relationship to other believers full of faith so that he can continue that good work that he's begun in you until he brings it to a day of completion. Oh, let's not be impatient with the process that we are in. Nor be hurried. I, the, the scripture does not tell us how long Onesimus had been with the Apostle Paul. The scripture does not tell us how long he had been serving the Apostle Paul or how long that Paul had been discipling him. But the scripture does let us know, Paul says he's been a blessing to me and now I'm sending him back to be a blessing to you. So we know that he had been with him long enough for there to be a relationship there that was built and for the Apostle Paul to trust that at least at this point there was a foundation in his life so that he could come back and be received as a brother mature enough to handle the circumstances, whatever they might be. God has brought you into relationship with a group of people, one to another, so that he can continue the process of, his, uh, of discipling you and of building you up and of maturing you, and he who has begun a good work in you is able to bring it to its day of completion. So you and I must declare, I will not be impatient with the process that the Holy Spirit has me on, that the Spirit of God has me on. I will not be impatient with the process. I won't hurry it, but I'm also not going to drag my feet. Yeah, y'all are laughing now. I'm not going to hurry this process along and become impatient but the reality of it is, I think the tendency uh, of our lives are, I, I can imagine the first time that the Apostle Paul says, guess what, Onesimus? We've reached a point in our relationship where I'm sending you back to face Philemon. And Onesimus is like, uh-uh. Ain't happening today. I can just imagine that whole conversation. And what happened through prayer and, and over the time and the process of discipleship until the day came that the Apostle Paul says, Onesimus, we need to talk about Philemon. And Onesimus says, yes, I know. We need to face this. This is hanging over my head, and I've got to be free from that which is hanging over my head. How many of y'all want to just be free of that which is hanging over your head? Oh, don't, don't, oh, don't everybody raise your hand, because then we'll know that there's a skeleton in your closet. Yeah. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. This commandment came into play in this moment in the lives of these two men when the Apostle Paul was able to say to Philemon, Philemon, I want you to love him the way that I've loved you, the way that Jesus has loved you. I want you to love him and receive him as part of the family. Wait, I'm supposed to receive the guy. That's interesting. 
I'm supposed to receive the guy who left here owing me, who took advantage of me, who broke the law, who did everything wrong, and I'm supposed to receive him like a brother now? Well, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, you ought also love one another. How did he love us? By giving everything. By giving everything. So the Apostle Paul makes his appeal to Philemon in the context of giving everything to right this wrong, to set things in order as brothers, no longer as employer-employee, slave owner-slave, uh, you owe me, I don't owe you, let's count this, that, let's, let's tally up. Let's tally up. Let's go stand at the foot of the cross and tally up. That's what the apostle was saying to him. Let's go stand at the foot of the cross and tally up there. We'll see who owes what. Jesus said, by this, they will know that you are my disciples because you lay down all of your concerns and you lay down everything that you have and all of your tallies and all of your demands and that you just simply love one another. You lay down all those expectations and you love one another. I want to close this morning with this passage from Isaiah. And you can say, what does that have to do with this? It's Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 and 20. And this is, this is God speaking. And he says to the children through Isaiah, he says, speaks through Isaiah, he says, come now, let us reason together. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, though your sins like that of Onesimus be, uh, be great and, and, and potentially in the minds of some people just unforgivable, though the debt that you owe be a magnificent debt that's far beyond your ability to repay, come now, let us reason together. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. The Lord says, I put this choice before you. Let us reason together. Let us reason together. Though though the price for you to be restored would be so great. Come and let us reason together. Just follow me, walk with me, receive me, and though your, your debt be great, in me it is satisfied. What a beautiful picture of redemption in this relationship between, uh, between Philemon and Onesimus. As Paul makes this great appeal, 
Receive him as a brother. Restore him. Let that which is behind him be forgiven and forgotten. Receive him as you would receive me, as if I were coming to you myself. And we get this great picture of Jesus, our great intercessor, pleading our cause. Come in now, come now. Let us reason together.